0: a routine night in Miami. I sighed, measuring the heartbeat of this uneasy city and its restless inhabitants. Domestic warfare raged in a million-dollar penthouse overlooking the Atlantic. The battle, in progress for hours, had escalated, according to sleepless condo neighbors. Household items and clothing were now cascading over the high-rise balcony. Rotating my shoulders and rubbing the back of my stiff neck, I considered calling to complain that a dead man was disturbing my sleep. I locked in on a northeast channel, curious heated exchanges between North Bay Village and Miami Beach Police. They were fighting over a corpse. The object of their custody dispute was a late-night fisherman killed by a hit-and-run driver on the John F. Kennedy Bridge. Village cops had arrived first and determined that the accident had occurred on the beach side of the span dividing the municipalities. Beach cops denied it. They pointed to shards of shattered headlight and a small chrome strip as proof that the point of impact had been on the village side and implied that somebody had dragged the body into their jurisdiction. Corpses generate voluminous paperwork. None of the cops wanted the task. The victim nobody wants. My thoughts came printed in headline form, like poetry metered at so many beats per line. The next of kin was probably asleep somewhere out there, blissfully unaware that a stranger's knock at the door would soon change his or her life forever. Would hearts be broken? Dreams shattered? Life is most often unfair. The man broken on the bridge, left like roadkill first by a motorist who was reckless or drunk, then by clock watching cops eager to go home on time, probably did not deserve to die. Someone like him invariably turns out to be an honor student, a newlywed, or a good family man working two jobs to support aged parents, unlike the man I killed. When it happened, I felt only relief and a sense of justice no regrets. Why did he return to haunt me now? What I did know was that there would be no more sleep for me this night. I stumbled barefoot to the kitchen to brew a pot of Cuban coffee. Billy Boots followed, and so did Bitsy, dragging her leash and scampering in circles around my feet, eager for adventure. She is all I have ever inherited, a white toy poodle with the heart and history of a police dog. Most dogs want only to chew, run, and dig. Bitsy yearned for sirens and pursuits in the night. She used to ride Miami's midnight streets in the shotgun seat of a squad car, smuggled aboard by her original owner, a policewoman killed during the riots. After inhaling half a cup, I felt my eyes focus, settled in my favorite chair, and punched the third button on my speed dialer. Homicide, Sam Bliss answered. He is a middle-aged detective who has worked third shift for years. Hi, this is Britt. What's happening? Jesus, girl, you ever sleep? What you doing nosing around at this hour? I'm always working. What's going on out there? You know something I should? Nope, just fishing. SOS, same old shit. Otherwise, it's quiet. He dropped his voice. Bet you're just getting in. Hot date? You wouldn't believe my love life. If I had one, I thought. What's new in the Oliver case? You heard. He sounded grim. No. He had arrested Angel Oliver a 26-year-old welfare mother, for the murder of her 15-month-old daughter, her eighth child. Cause of death? Starvation. Baby Cynthia had never held a toy or seen a Christmas tree. She had lived her brief life in a cardboard carton. By the time a concerned neighbor alerted police, the baby was comatose. Rushed to a hospital? She died. She weighed six pounds. Let him go, Joe, reduced it to manslaughter and set bond at 2500 Did she post it? I scribbled notes on the pad by the phone. Circuit judge Joe Terrell believed in the basic goodness of human beings and the...